broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Okay, guys, so uh, we are Nerd to Know Media. Um, we run a podcast every Saturday, and you can find us on Facebook and Spotify and all these wonderful things that the other two guys know more about because they do all the hard work. And today, we're going to be doing a panel called Literally Everything is Wrestling. So, full disclosure, I know nothing about wrestling. Uh, in fact, I didn't know I was boo-booed. <laughs> well done, sir. We already have a heel in the audience. Uh, I, in fact, I was telling the guys, I didn't know that I was hosting a panel on wrestling until I saw it on Facebook. Because that went up before I got the message. Thanks, guys. He was swear, guys. It was swear. <laughs> in fact, on a bad day, I can't even spell wrestling, so I'm really glad it's written up there. Is that correct? Yeah? Awesome. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we get started, we'll just introduce ourselves. We are the Nerd to Know Media team. My name is Keanu Calcon. Introduce yourself there, guys. I'm Darrell Connor. And I'm Brian, uh, Brian O'Rourke. Excellent. And uh, guys, this is going to be an interactive panel, so if you guys want to pip up or throw out a suggestion, we'll queue you in for that. Uh, but first, the concept, as far as I can understand, because I've spent the last two days running around chasing TARDISes and all this kind of stuff, is that you two believe that you can prove absolutely anything in the world is wrestling. Anything at all. Yes, that is correct. So if we say the poetry of Seamus Heaney or abstract art or Rating Area 51, that can be, that's somehow connected to wrestling, yes? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, before we get into the meat of it, I believe, do you guys have a setup for us? Well, or? first things first, guys. Who is a wrestling fan here? Show of hands. Okay, cool. That's about half the room. Yep. Good. That's great. That's what we want. We so, you're going to help us. Because yeah. <laughs> we want people who aren't wrestling fans here as well, because, you know... That's how this works. Just me, is it? Okay, yeah. cool. Just to get everyone... He is, he is friends, thank you. <laughs> just to get uh, everyone on side a bit, we do have... Uh, just to get everyone on side a bit, we do actually have a quick introduction. I just want to make sure this is from actually... So for everyone who is a wrestling fan, here is an introduction. Oh, yeah. Can you second that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it hasn't turned off yet because we, we're not exposing Area 51 here. Throw water <laughs> at it. Now. The joys of Linux. Um, That's okay. Tell you what, while you are setting up, I've got a question for Dara. How yep. long have you been a wrestling fan? Uh, since I was six. Since you were six? Yeah, six or seven. Six or seven. I don't remember time when I wasn't a wrestling fan. 
Should you have been? Well, I say this no, as a parent. No, no, you've been watching wrestling no, at six? of course not. This is during like the Federation years in Fiat Chida. Excuse oh, me, of course the not. Federation. Yes. Years. All right. So that's not Star Trek. <laughs> that's not Star Trek, guys. That's not. So this is when WWE was going from kid friendly into not kid friendly. So uh, yeah. Here we go. Let's kick it off with the first part. And what about you yourself, Brian? While it's loading. You got me. Professional wrestling is not, in fact, a real athletic competition. Botch. What a botch. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to swivel this a bit while we handle the technical difficulties. So, if you can multitask, Brian, how did you discover wrestling? Um, through school, mainly. Oh, Jesus, what school did you go to? Because um, all my friends in school, they, uh, they liked it, so... I mean, to be honest, maybe it's a generational thing, but my experience of wrestling is it's the thing you turned off after Pokemon at 7 in the morning was done. Is Fair. anyone else Sky 1 generation? No? Woo! Yes! Thank Actually, you. distinctively, one of my earliest memories of Sky 1 of uh, wrestling at Sky 1 was The Undertaker crucifying uh, Steve Austin. Okay, okay. I'm gonna <laughs> Just to clarify, as the wrestling normie, if there's a term he uses, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Crucify? Yeah, literally on a cross. He was a satanic priest. He, uh, on the Lord's table. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Alright, let's, so, let's try this again. Oh, Hit the only okay. button. <laughs> I mean, professional wrestling is not, in fact, a real athletic competition. There's no getting around that. Guess I have to end the video here because pro wrestling isn't real. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> but neither is Star Wars, or the Avengers, or Goku, or Homer Simpson, or any character in Super Smash Bros. None of these things are real. However, it doesn't stop people from talking about them far more than they do a lot of real things. And in order to truly appreciate the rhetorical value of pro wrestling, you must treat it as it really is. A work of fiction. But not just any fiction. Pro wrestling is one of the last remaining bastions of theater. Playwrights and actors had to craft compelling narrative performances using the limited tools they had. If you boil it down, the genre of theater mostly involves a bunch of weird people in stupid costumes prancing around and over-embellishing an iambic pentameter. Theatrical entertainment doesn't come from what's literally happening on stage. The value of theater comes from filling in the blanks using our imagination. This fundamental principle is otherwise known as the suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief allows us to accept beyond what's literally happening on screen. It allows us to experience a story and its characters as real. No matter how simple the presentation, this same principle applies to novels, comic books, musical lyrics, cartoons, movies, and yes, professional wrestling. Visual storytelling is an inherently human art form and people have been performing stories for audiences for thousands of years, dating all the way back to the earliest known auditoriums of ancient Greece, where citizens would gather around and listen to an esteemed orator recite the works of Homer. <laughs> so guys, if you want to watch that full video, it's by Emperor Eleven, and it's called There Will Never Be Another and then that's a series. Yeah. So yeah, it's super fun, and I had to play that clip because it kind of sums up everything. Why everything is wrestling, or everything can go back to wrestling, is because of the way it's built up. It's not a sport, right? It, it's... 
Yeah, it's, it, it's more of a soap opera. I describe wrestling as a soap opera of punching. Right. Obviously not taking anything away from the wrestlers who are incredible athletes and all that kind of stuff, but the actual way that the story is told is through tropes. So we have main, major storytelling tropes. The good guy versus bad guy, um, the hero's journey, whatever. Any, any story you can mention, anything that you can mention goes back to wrestling in some way or has been used in wrestling in some way. Also, when you guys are shouting on stuff, <laughs> if we don't know what it is, give us a quick summary because that will help. So, I believe that was Oi. Was that the summary? Oi. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, I say this as someone who has worked in theatre in Dublin for six or seven years now. I have never crucified anyone. That is not yet. a connection. You've never done it yet. Yes, perhaps, yeah. I have carried a cross, but I haven't fair. crucified anyone. Fair. To be fair, to be fair though, she, when that was happening, um, they were kind of pushing out what wrestling was as a, sto- as a story. Um, driven product for a while and that was really getting into soap opera you know so and at the time as well it was 1999 wasn't it yes yeah, yeah. yeah. 1999 when like everything was being broken and pushed so they were really going hardcore with the offensive imagery or you know what you have seen before that was very much the zeitgeist of that period of that period though was that everything was trying to be in some way striking are offensive because it was at a time where Marlon Manson was one of the biggest names in music. Yeah, correct. So. And, and like that's what I mean. Like when you're examining different periods, it's a lot easier to get these beats um, in. And that's what relates to people, right? A lot of people, not to get too much into it for the non wrestling fans, but one of the bigger uh, criticisms now with wrestling as a current product is like, oh, I can't relate to it because you can't, right? It's kind of silly. Um, but when it hits those beats and it hits those big storylines, it really resonates with somebody, and that's. That's kind of, if you've never seen wrestling before, that's when it's great. When it's great, it's fantastic. When it's terrible, it's terrible. <laughs> so. You know, it's like, when, when wrestling is at, at the, the high point of what, of what you could expect from it, it's any, uh, every bit as enjoyable as any, uh, any, of the Marvel fil- of any of the best Marvel films. Mm. But when it's at its lowest point, you're kind of comparing it more to a 14-year-old's fan fiction <laughs> that they deleted because it was bad. Yeah, my, you know? my immortal. Yeah, you would have seen that. Yeah. Actually, Game of Thrones, right? Who's Game of Thrones fan? Woo! Or was? Oh, they're still fans. Love yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what I mean, right? Like the, the big thing about Game of Thrones was everybody loved it. It was the best show ever, blah blah. blah. And then it, you know, it, it ended up getting bad writers. Or they ran out of good material, and it became just a terrible, terrible, terrible show for a lot of people. I don't think that personally. He petted his dog at the end. I was happy, right? Spoilers. So, spoilers, yeah. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people are like, oh, this is a terrible as ever. I'm like, try to be a wrestling fan, you'll, you'll get over it. Um, okay, but I, I want to park it for a bit. Bryn, pull up the wrestling terms. Because, like, yes. again, we're going to use a lot of, when we get into this, we're going to use this a lot of This is terms. mostly for my benefit. This I, is for everyone who isn't a wrestling fan benefit. Yeah. We can't control ourselves. If you've all got sandwiches, they're going to, like, catch me up now. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, I mean, the basic rundown of this is you've got your good guys and your bad guys babyface would be your uh, good guy very much a case of uh, just being the hero protagonist you can get anti-hero style baby faces where it's someone like stone cold steve austin tweeners hmm tweeners uh, you could, yeah oh, i'd say that depends one on. term at a time i beg, <laughs> I beg you but like basically your good guy tends not to really have a personality most of the time the they're just baby nice face. John Cena. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Exactly. And, you know, like, gimmick, 
um, basically like just a, a basically it's like a um, what would you call it like a, a shortcut to just saying like well what's the main the main character trait. So the motivations for what they kind of do, yeah. the are as people shortcuts wrestling. The reason why a lot of things that can be described as like racist or <laughs> everything else that you could use is because wrestling takes a lot of shortcuts. Yeah. Right? For a while, ter- like terrorism was a big thing in wrestling. For a while. Yeah. Okay, you're not leaving that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was um, I many mean, times. Where, 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 where do you want to jump in? Anyone want to want to jump in? What's their favorite terrorist angle? Muhammad. Muhammad. Yeah, everyone's okay. favorite terrorist angle. I think. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. <laughs> Guys, am I going on a watch list? What is this? <laughs> All right. So Muhammad Hassan, uh, who was actually played by an Italian guy. Wasn't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was a non-Arab, non-Muslim Italian guy, and uh, yeah, basically this was in 2005, before the London bombing happened, and it was during Jingoistic America, so it was like, oh hey, he's going to come in, he's feuding with The Undertaker, and literally, I kid you not, there was an angle shot where they, where four guys in, you know, Basically, ISIS Angle's costumes. like a scene. A scene, yeah, away. sorry. Angle's <laughs> a scene. Where like, these like, ISIS kind of guys jumped in and kidnapped The Undertaker, who's this pa- evil space, who's an evil space wizard. Um, <laughs> and they actually attacked him and carried him off to you know, his, his doom. Literally, the London 7-7 bomb, bombings happened that day and he had to pull the angle. We yeah. never saw from Muhammad Hassan again. Yeah, he's never seen or heard of again. Yeah. I- I, I think have he, to I, go now. My planet needs me. I think he did something with Hulk Hogan, and that was it. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, guys. That, that was in Backlash. Yes. Taker. Yeah, it was. So Sorry. And he lost the scene for that as well. A terrorist kidnapped someone to their spaceship. Apparently, because we don't know, he never returned back. This happened in the ring. This happened in the ring. This, this was, this was. The kidnapping happened in the ring. Yeah. This is also he did it against a character who also, by the way, can summon lightning. Who never does it whenever he's actually in a match. It just happens before, before or after a match. He will summon lightning, but not during the match. Yeah, you think you'd want to? Go. Right. That, that would be very unfair. Yeah. Yes. All right. So some so, so some terms that you guys wanted to kind of touch on, right? Kfe mean it comes from Pig Latin. We think because these are all currently terms. You already know called keep a fake, right? So that's the UK thing. Angle we've talked about. He is you know. There's he wasn't two, there, but we're just going all all over the shop now. Yeah. He he <laughs> is basically like you know a reaction. So there's good heat and bad heat, and then there's X pack heat, which is go away. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So uh, next, I mean, the purpose of going uh, going over. And uh, the idea is like, if someone's going over, it's because they're they're uh, winning the match. They're successful. Yeah. Um, although it's considered to be their the winner's duty to allow the loser to get over. This is basically their opportunity to become popular through the losing match or losing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next slide there. So Mark is. Uh, a really fine name. It's also what uh, con artists have used forever to call someone who is uh, who's uh, stupid enough to give them money. Exactly. It's also carnies. So yeah, it's um, like have you ever seen an episode of Simpsons where um, they're going into the carnival? Yeah. They join the carnival, and then Homer's the, they refer to him as a pigeon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pigeon. Yeah. So a pigeon is the same as a mark, and that's the kind of same thing. Yeah. Also, is, ter- is it too late to have an everything is Simpsons references? Panel? They're actually, believe it or not, very related. We might do that next year. Was that sir? No. No. <laughs> uh, and then, okay, so the obverse to that would be smart. So a smart mark. So somebody who still buys into wrestling is, you know, 
Yeah. You know, like that guy is still real to me, Dan. He would be a smirk. So and yeah. he knows it's fake, yeah. but he still buys. He, he still goes into it. He still gives them her, their money. Myself so. and Bryn are smirks. Yeah. we're wearing bullet club shirts. <laughs> so it's like it two speeders afterwards. Exactly yeah. two speeders. Yeah. And then like. Then in terms of selling, this is actually something that even happens, as far as I can recall, happens with actors as well, where like the idea of, it's like the reaction to something, to a physical thing that may not actually be real. Yeah, yeah. that's a, it's a fight choreography thing. Yeah. The person throwing the punch doesn't sell it, it's the person reacting to it sells yeah. Yeah. it. Yeah. So we saw, we saw overselling there in the, in the promo video where Batista wasn't hit, yeah. but he sold it like he got shot. So, that's overselling. That's bad. Yeah. Um, well, it can it can be really entertaining. There's a great Hazel uh, Cable vote. Yes, yes. Th that Who's seen that People haven't seen it. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's basically like uh, watching overacting, oh, yes. yeah. but for wrestling, yeah. it's amazing. 2005 <laughs> SummerSlam. Actually, SummerSlam's on tonight as well, so we're kind of yeah. yeah. See, everything is wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a shoot is where a work. Which is also the normal term there. A work is like a fake fight, right? So every match is work, as in they've gone through the spots, or you know, they've gone way in, and all that kind of stuff. A shoot is we're actually fighting, <laughs> or we're throwing a punch or something that wasn't meant to happen. A work shoe, or the Vince Russo special, Vince Russo was a booker. Uh, Which is kind of like being the writer or showrunner. Yeah. And, uh, hang yeah. on, hang on. Wrestling has a showrunner? Yeah, the booker. The booker man. Okay. Because yeah. yeah. like, you need someone who, uh, the way it worked was like uh, the booker was kind of would have also won the same house being the person who promotes the shows overall back, way back when. And when it came to, um, and when it came to like putting together the show, they book people and put them all, you're booked for the main event, you're booked to open the show, and you're, you know, exactly. that's kind of like the idea behind where they'd have basically come up with a running order yeah. for so, what was coming through. So, so the, the way it worked is you'd have your writers who would tell the storyline, right? And the way they do it, instead of going out and shooting scenes, you'd have matches. So the matches would be booked to progress the storyline, and the angles would be used as kind of like key tentpoles throughout, throughout the whole thing. Mm. And that's basically what it is. You know, what I would give to be the fly on the roll on the writing sessions for wrestling. <laughs> no, you, you know, wouldn't. Normally, <laughs> no, like, you I wouldn't. want to see people no, in, like, with cigarettes and shirts throwing things on whiteboards, like throwing... <laughs> You know, those big that, scraps, scraps of paper. That's called TNA from 2012. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was there. <laughs> I've seen this. This is not good. Yeah. Oh, right. God. Um, so, yeah, in terms of, like, yeah, work shoot is basically where they want you to make, make you think that something's actually happening when it's not. Because yeah. it's... Um, yeah. So, basically, it's, it's when they, they use your suspension of disbelief to work in real concepts or they use like like oh I never see that in wrestling it's like Deadpool right Deadpool's famous for what what does he do swearing breaks the fourth wall what's the fourth wall but also swearing yeah yeah but <laughs> well, what's the fourth wall speaking to the audience exactly right so us speaking to you is breaking the fourth wall of us doing a podcast right so that's what I mean like Deadpool that's his whole gimmick right so why that sticks out is because nobody does that a work shoot has the same the same kind of reaction to it the lads in the ring or the girls in the ring, they know that it's fake because they're obviously doing it, but they're buying it in such a way that to them it's real. But if they were to look at the camera and go, hey guys, what's up? You know, <laughs> that'd be breaking the fourth wall. So that's what a work shoot is. The most famous one recently was CM Punk. Obviously yeah, cutting a yeah, promo. Yeah, like 2011. Yeah, he came out and he was like, hey, look, I'm leaving. I'm very unhappy about the way things are here, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to play the whole thing. Look it up, it's great. Yep. Another one was... Um, wrestling commentator Joey Styles, 
he came out and cut it. There was an angle where Vince McMahon was feuding against Shawn Michaels, or wrestler called Shawn Michaels, and God, literally, <laughs> literally, like the Lord above, that's who he was feuding with. And Joey Styles cut a promo saying, look, this is terrible. I can't believe that they're booking against God, you know, watch it. So yeah, that, they're work shoots, as in like they're written, but they play on things that are actually yeah. real. Like Deadpool's a film, yeah. but he's still... So was was God there the same day as the terror spaceship? No, <laughs> this was this was like a year later. This is a year later. It was a well, wild time. Wild time. Yeah. Terrorist versus God. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so think of the heel heat, guys. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I think here would be a good point to go. So do you have any other topics that you have prepared? I mean, I thought I thought these were weird until you brought in the terrorist <laughs> god space aliens who kidnapped. This is why wrestling can be the best show on television. So it's so weird. I've had a few weeks to try and think of ones that will flummox them. I'm after how weird wrestling is. I'm not sure if I can anymore, but I will certainly try. Okay, me and my girlfriend love Winnie the Pooh. It's one of our favorite things in the world. How is Winnie the Pooh related to wrestling? Okay, so... <laughs> um, this is already going better than I expected. <laughs> Any ideas on how you want to start that? Oh yeah, for sure, right? So you have a crowd of a motley crew of, uh, of characters led by a figurehead. So, we can either do two things and they go on adventures or they achieve tasks. So we can either do the job squad, which were a group of jobbers. Jobbers is someone who loses all the time and that's their gimmick. Yeah. Um, oh, not their gimmick, it was a gimmick in the 90s because everything was a gimmick in the 90s, right? Um, but yeah, and then they're led obviously by Mick Foley. So Christopher Robin would be Mick Foley. <laughs> and he's leading, he's leading this motley crew of cast members through their adventures and then overcoming Tigger's obviously Al Snow. Exactly, Tigger's Al Snow. Al Snow was great, by the way. He wrestled against himself. <laughs> In a fantastic match. He put himself through a table. It was great. Yes, sir. Who would be Eeyore? That, I was going to get to that, actually. <laughs> I would say see, Blue Meanie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blue Meanie or Stevie Richards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or both? Yeah, but no. Only for Tigger. Oh. Rabbit Spencer McMahon, he has to be. <laughs> no, see, you have to be a member of the same group, but you know, Rabbit does kind of provide some of the files, so yeah, Vince McMahon would be a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. cool. on. So there you go. Oh, that's the question. I was going to go with the ministry, but that's who there. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, sticking with the Disney theme, there are lots of live action remakes of Disney classics. How are live action remakes related to wrestling? Uh, can I take this one? Everybody yes, absolutely. You Hardcore you Justice. <laughs> Who's seen Hardcore Justice the, when, when they rebook? Okay. I don't have a buzzer. What is Hardcore Justice? So, TNA, which, is a, which was, the, was the number two wrestling motion next to, literally by existing, right? Yeah. Next to WWE. And they decided to take an angle, ECW. 10 years later. So you had guys... Do you want to go through those um, acronyms? I will now in a second. <laughs> so 10 years later. So ECW was an extreme wrestling promotion right back in the 90s and then the show was the one. And they took their... Uh, they were known for doing hardcore spots and all this kind of stuff. Spots is a, is a move. Our big move. I'm sorry, by the way, guys get thinking because I'm running away on these quickly. I'm going to tag you in. Okay, yeah. start thinking. Very wrestling. Now. Very wrestling. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, Let's go for the hot sorry, tag. Sorry, finish your answer, Dar. So basically, um, you know, what's a remake? A remake is taking an old concept and trying to gussy it up. This is the 
crippling example of doing something terribly wrong and Hardcore Justice was a pay-per-view done where they took these wrestlers who are broken down like really broken down <laughs> and they just had hardcore matches so they had guys bleeding on each other and you know weird blue lights and stuff and that's how most remakes turn out Fantastic Four or Fantastic Four Stick here's the thing about remakes right that's hollywood remakes and i think all the hollywood remakes are terrible for disney movies remakes in general you could go back further because every 15 years a wrestling a wrestling angles um recycled or reused why because people age out people start watching wrestling when they're eight five or six and then they become lifelong wrestling fans but by the time they're 15 or 16 either they stop watching or their little brother's watching or their little sister's watching or their cousins are watching so they can reuse the angles again that's what we saw john cena being john cena was literally hulk hogan 20 years later oh and so there's like a life cycle for exactly everything gets recycled yeah, over yeah. and over again so remakes is a very wrestling thing as well okay well uh we have I'll let Brian have the next one we have i'm gonna do one more question and pass it over to the audience we have a televised version of Neil Gaiman's Sandman coming up soon. So, I want to throw this over to you. Pound is the story of Neil Gaiman's Sandman related to wrestling. That's oh. easy. Literally, you've given the easiest one. I had to do fucking Winnie the Pooh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> His talent here is I've never read Sandman. <laughs> Sting in the Undertaker. Hmm? Sting in the Undertaker. Literally. Stevie and uh, Sting in the Undertaker. Clarify for the beginner here. Okay, so actually, feed fee bring. The premise of yeah. Sandman, real quick. Okay, it is the first book, at least, mm-hmm. is about the god of dreams being kidnapped by humans and escaping to reclaim all of his lost possessions and rebuilding his kingdom. Yeah, that's just the Undertaker. Yeah, that's literally just the Undertaker. Literally, <laughs> like, ah. the, under- the Undertaker is like an undead wizard. <laughs> like, wait, 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 who wait. Who wrestles wait. for some we reason? We have wizards now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, he was a biker. Yeah. He was a biker. And he, was had, he had a crisis of conscience <laughs> after after ten years of terror. And becoming a satanic priest. Yes. Old West mortician. Mortician. He started off as a mortician. He is a wizard motorcyclist mortician. By the way, that motorcycle undertaker gimmick was by the way, dead man in court. He's not wrong. Not wrong at all. Oh, is he no, dead too? What? Yeah, he's dead. He's, he's, a, he's a dead man. How walking. does he find time to wrestle? <laughs> I don't know. He's an undead wizard who does all these extra cricketing. And in real life, you know, in, the, in a shoot, in a shoot life, which is real <laughs> life, uh, he's, he has a big property portfolio. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! He works in real estate. <laughs> he works in real estate. He does now. Yeah. It's only seven days in the week for yeah. the undead wizards. But look, <laughs> you can shoot lightning out of your hands and not use it. But only when people aren't looking. Yeah. You can right. do whatever you want. Basically. Yeah. All right. But so, yeah, I mean, he, his source of powers came from an urn. You know, like he had he had a person who who helped him in matches called Paul Bearer. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys, I'm going to need a minute to catch my breath. Does anyone have any ideas that might flummox these guys? We any have, ideas? We have a Roman Something mic. in the whole universe that's not related to wrestling. Any hands up? Any hands up there? Ah, oh, uh, we have uh, yeah. a hand up over there. Go on, try and flummox them. I've been trying this for weeks. <laughs> okay. How is 80s Japanese pop music uh, wrestling? Thank you. <laughs> You do, I do. Just let me bask so, like, in these five okay. seconds. <laughs> for, um, 
Okay, I've never really... I've, the closest thing to Japanese pop music I've ever really listened to has been mainly from um, theme songs for anime. So is that, a, is that a good indication of what it sounds like? Or... I guess it depends on the anime. Sure. Mm. Fairy tale. Well, winner here. No, 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 no. I kinda, you should have brought a prize. I cannot not remember his name. <laughs> Wrestler. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Oh, Shinsuke oh. Nakamura's gimmick is literally that. His gimmick is literally that. He's, he's, his he just dresses th- like Prince. He dresses Michael Jackson, dude. <laughs> the Japanese Michael Jackson. Yeah. That's his gimmick, you know. That's how he sells himself, his promos, the all kind of... I can't remember. I was wanting to call him Kenta for a moment, but like, that's not right. Yeah. Um, There's a Japanese Michael Jackson in wrestling? Yeah, yeah and he's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, he dresses yeah. like Michael Jackson and he has a presence like Prince, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, basically, and this isn't Sub-DB run, this is his run in New Japan. Yeah. Um, basically, that was, he started off as a really boring, kind of, you know, weighty, generic uh, pro wrestler. And then he started kicking the head off lads and he didn't get over. So he actually took that gimmick and worked it into himself. And it's less 80s pop music, but he did kind of take, I know, well, 1980, when did Triller come out? 83. 83. 83. 83. So yeah, it is 80. Yeah. Not yeah. Japanese, but he is Japanese, so close enough. <laughs> that was a that really is great. Good That's well really, done. I wish, well, give a round of applause. Yeah, man. I wish you bought prizes. Yeah, I, I should have bought some TNA DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's the bar to beat. Anyone else? Hands up, hands up. Go on okay, there, I've got two. Is okay, there, what's your name there, sir? Boy, sir. Uh, Ian. Ian, lovely to meet you. Go on there, sir. Uh, I've got two. I mean, one to Dara and one to Brim. Cool. Okay, nice. start with Dara. Dara, how does heavy metal relate to wrestling? Oh, that's a good one. Should we just play the game theme song? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, like wrestling and heavy metal have always been like in sync with your, even, you know, music in general. The Rock and Roll Express, that was a big thing in the 80s. Rock and wrestling. Rock and wrestling, yeah. That was literally a Saturday morning cartoon. Yep. So, in the 90s, when wrestling got more aggressive, we had, uh, you know, heavy metal coming in. Like, I remember my first time ever hearing Fear Factory, the band Fear Factory, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Was in my favorite promo of all time, was for Unforgiven 1999. Who's seen it? Who's seen Unforgiven 1999? Yes. Now, who's seen it not on the network? <laughs> yeah? Spider-Man so, has. Yeah, so basically that, they ruined on the network by removing the music, but they had an awesome playlist where they told the story of Triple H against Vince McMahon, Triple H, best wrestler of all time, don't care, uh, <laughs> where they fought, uh, where he was uh, fighting against Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon was, you know, trying to basically beat Triple H, and he had the entire story told to Fear Factory's obsolete album, and it was unreal, and the end of it for the six-pack challenge was uh, Sugar by System of Down. Heavy Metal is so entrenched at wrestling that it's hard to imagine one way or the other. Modern day wrestling, a huge problem in WWE. Watch one of the video package where you play some R&B garbage. Doesn't work. Put a metal track on it, it's unreal. Now, I believe Ian, you had a second question, did you? Or do you still have Mike? Uh, yeah, just or a second. second. I'll give this one to Brim, actually. Just to point out one thing, you could have also said before, like, black metal probably got to Europe, that uh, demolition was a sign of black metal in wrestling. Well, actually, Alistair Black refers to himself as literally the black metal of wrestling. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I asked Okay, Brim, I just bought this one because I'm sitting beside this cool dude here. Sure. How does the room relate to wrestling? <laughs> okay, so... They so, do you toss a football around, is yeah. there something there? So, and a baby. So the, the, what happens when you get something like the room is where you get a very passionate but 
very, very incompetent person <laughs> making a <Sorry>. film. <laughs> it's not your fault, you're not actually Tommy. So we um, <laughs> To be honest with you, that could be like Yeah. It could actually be. <laughs> <laughs> but um basically like the, you only get that from having someone very passionate but not competent at all in what they're doing. And somehow they get a ton of money together and manage to make that film. And that's basically what happened with, uh, with Total Non-Stop uh, non Action, where when it started off, it just had a small bit of money, and then it got, uh, and then it had, it got bought by Panda Energy, who are, uh, had who, loads of money. Who had like almost too money. much money. Pandas. Yeah. Well, unless they were boiling down the pandas. Yeah. No, they were just an oil company. Yeah, they were just an oil company. And they had so much money. And they put out, I would say consistently for about six years, the worst wrestling ever seen. They tried, um, though. They, tried. they did but try. But I, 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 I need to get my bias. I actually worked for TNA for a while in their PR department. So. It's, a, yeah. it's why I want to do a book eventually, though. So it's okay. But I will say, everyone there is super nice. But yeah. They yeah, tried they their best, no but it wasn't good. They, they had the no clue what they were doing. And basically, they were run by Dixie Carter, who, while she's a lovely lady, Holy, there, yes. holy, <laughs> holy Christ, that woman knew nothing about wrestling, <laughs> so you could see it, and this is when we got some terrible, we got, what, we got, like, everything on a pole match, yeah. reverse battle royales, battle royales, did you yeah. start in the ring, steel cage matches, electrified steel cage matches, are they outside the cage, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the reverse steel cage match, the way to win was to be the first one who got into the ring, <laughs> <laughs> well that's just a foot race, <laughs> <laughs> you would think so, <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah, oh. And here's the thing, at every point in time, they were like tr trying to make the best thing that they could, but failing at every single yeah. hurdle. So and yeah. like even when they did something good, they'd get, they would kind of do, they'd pull a Game of Thrones on it, where it would be like really, really enjoyable, right up until just about the end, and they make the just, entire thing go, go on, that's can awful. Can we make that a pulling a Game of Thrones? Is that the new, like, pulling a Homer? Is that I think so. Yeah. That's when you're doing such a good job, right up until the last bit, and then it just fails. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Eve. Those were very good suggestions. Do we have another hand in the air? What's your name there, sir? Uh, Simon. Hi, Simon. Hi, nice Simon. to meet you. That's what have you got for us? So, let's just... How do you adapt, say, the Old Testament <laughs> to wrestling? So the Old, the Old Testament. Testament? Which part? <laughs> just <laughs> any part. Just part whatever. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. If you, like... We could Which book? Which book well. from the Old Testament specifically? <laughs> Which one? Uh, that's Revelations in the New Testament. Let's just go for Moses. Like, Moses? Oh, yeah. yeah, okay, that's yeah, yeah that's oh, man, that's okay. great. That's a really good one. Yeah. What, did Moses wrestle the ocean? <laughs> Mo Moses? Stone Coast Steve Austin, right? <laughs> you had the king of Egypt, right? Okay, sorry, there's no story about Egypt, no story Moses, but we're going to recap it. Moses was, uh, the, you know, the, uh, born as a slave, then adopted into the royal family. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, no, I will get to it. And then he, uh, he ended up leading the Jews out of Egypt and all that good stuff, right? So, Stone Cold Steve Austin was a no-name wrestler, right? And then he became um, the standout figure in 1996. Fought, so came from nothing, right? Just like Moses. And then he fought the highest power they could. Vince McMahon. Who was just you know, effectively God, effectively for God for wrestling, and he did it successfully. He took his own little followers out as well. He had like a little crew that he you know interfered matches with and all that kind of good stuff. And then, yeah, 
So you can do it. And Stone Cold did do it. Yeah. But Moses didn't fight God. <laughs> well, but he did fight the pharaoh. He did. He did. He did struggle against them, I suppose. And he did fight against the Egyptian gods, apparently yes. as well. So yeah. Oh, if you get Egyptian gods into wrestling, I will watch it. Apparently. That's happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's happened. <laughs> There's kaiju wrestling. That can be done. Yeah. We can just we can just look at open up a Chikara card. <laughs> All right. So. All right. That was a really good one. Thank you. We've got a hand up way way in the back there. I had to say because it was Sunday, you know. Yeah, <laughs> fair. That's a, you know what? I didn't expect yeah, yeah, to talk yeah. about the, the Old Testament the, today. The All right. Called Steve Austin. I've got two. One for fun and one as a tough one. Ooh, Ooh I like it. Go on, give him a go. The fun one is Pokemon Go. <laughs> How is Pokemon Go like wrestling, guys? Well, Pokemon Go is basically a journey into the unknown, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you start off your day, you're playing Pokemon Go, you don't really know how it's going to go. GTV. And then suddenly a chair hits you? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to tease. Finish the analogy. So, yeah, like you can... Actually, no, sorry. The Hardcore Division. <laughs> the 24-7 Hardcore Division. So, in... 2000. We could use the modern day 24-7 We could, yeah, okay, we'll do, we'll do both. So in 2000, 2001, the hardcore title, which was literally a world title that they smashed up and you could beat anybody anytime, it became a 24-hour match where if there was a referee in place, you could challenge for the belt. So yeah. if I had it now, Brink could attack me or anyone you people could attack me and then pin me for the belt and then that would do it. Yes, sir. Oh, hang on, actually, uh, Amy, uh, Amy, sorry, by giving away my bias there. You had a second question, didn't you? A no, 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 we're so not done, we're not done yet. Oh, we're not done. Yet. Oh. No, we're not done, no, no. Oh, there's more, I'm so sorry. It's okay. So, how it relates to wrestling is, Pokemon Go, you never know what you're going to catch. Right? You never know what's going to happen. You never know what the next one can Exactly, you're just walking down the road. It's like being the hardcore champion or the current day 24-7 champion where you can go into the bathroom and someone hits you with a chair yeah, and pins you and then walks away. Yeah. It's just like catching, you know, you run into a Bulbasaur and you're like, oh my god, a Bulbasaur, this is cool. Sorry, what? Just ha or having a battle occur at the moment. Exactly, time. exactly. So there you go. Hope that answers the question. Before we go on to your second question, in wrestling, do people just jump out at you in the bathroom in day-to-day -day life? If you're, if you're in the 24 division, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there was a wedding... <laughs> where literally the chat, this happened like two weeks ago where Drave Ma a wrestler called Drave Ma Maverick was getting married and then the former champion jumps out and rolls him up which is a pinned attempt while they're walking down the aisle yeah. happened uh, so this poor guy is on yeah, this, yeah. this poor guy's honeymoon was ruined <laughs> because of how many times the current the current champion is well no is uh, or truth yeah. but how he won it back was. Uh, a female wrestler called Maria Canellis was getting a pregnancy scan. <laughs> they tricked her into it. So yeah, this is this is yeah. where we are. Yeah. I am horrified by the lack of reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the second question there? My second one was working as a mortgage broker. <laughs> IRS? Um, yeah, IRS is pretty much the answer to that question. In the nineties, every job. <laughs> in the nineties, every job. Was a wrestling gimmick. Barbers, uh, demolition men, repo Gar men, repo garbage men. Uh, you name it. You name it. Undead mortician. You take a start it off. That's why he's known as Undertaker because his gimmick was he was literally a mortician. And then he yeah. became a wizard. Yeah, but there was a guy called IRS, and he basically, you know, would uh, hound people for uh, for their taxes and would basically hand out any kind of uh, financial advice people would need while beating them to a bloody pulp. Um, it was a wonderful time to be alive. <laughs>
Uh, Alright, so you're listening to the podcast and you're like, hey, I want to get involved, but I'm not in Ireland and I don't have time to listen live. Well, guys, listen, we've revamped everything. We've made it super easy. Nerd to Know Media, everything. Nerd to Know Media, Gmail. Nerd to Know Media on Twitter. Nerd to Know Media on Twitch. Nerd to Know Media across the wall. Everything that you can do, you're able to find us. Nerd to Know Media. NerdToKnowMedia.com is our website, just in case. You can tune in, be the tune in app. And catch us live if you want to. Type in Nerd Snow Bases on Phoenix 92.5 FM and you're able to find us. The stream to the show as it's happening live is actually on our website, nerdsnowmedia.com. Also, if you haven't got time for that or if you want something a bit more convenient, we're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all across the board. And if you do want to catch us live when we record the show, because spoilers, we tape the show, we do it live on Twitch, Nerdducks. N-E-D-D-U-X is where you can find my personal Twitch channel and we stream there the show every single Thursday at 9pm so guys no excuse not to listen we're very easy to find nerdfnowmedia.com for more information broadcasting from the Blanchistan Centre this is Phoenix FM download and do it again Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. Good one. Go on. Again, this is like the Old Testament. This is like, yeah. Which specific part? (laughs) Or overall? Your favorite part of Pride and Prejudice. You first? Do you Um, love Pride and Prejudice? So the general general idea behind, uh, one of the general parts of uh, Pride and Prejudice was just the, uh, it was just the interactions between um, and they, they, um, yeah, getting tongue tied. Daughters and the lords. Yeah, yeah, basically, and it was just the, the, they had they had ideas for how they wanted to live their lives versus how things were, and I mean, there's too many things that fit into that into that framework, because um, like I mean, you could go you could go with uh, in in Japan. There's this uh, faction, bull club. They, uh, they were a bunch of European, uh, European Pacific Islanders and American wrestlers who were told, you're in Japan now. You, you, have can't, to be, you have to be respectful. You have to be respectful. You have to do things the way that we do it. And they went, no. no. <laughs> and, we're American. And basically, <laughs> we're going to do whatever we want. Forced, yeah, we that way. forced uh, the, the qualities of wrestling that they were trained to do onto the Japanese wrestlers yeah. and they uh, became massive villains because of it and became massively popular. Basically the way basically the way Japanese wrestling works is all the baby faces are usually traditional Japanese guys. Any Westerners can get over as being super heels because they're Westerners. Yeah. And that's how it works. Yeah. And basically these guys were like, Yeah, we're just gonna go and we're gonna do everything differently. To they refused to speak in Japanese as well, which yeah. is also a massive yeah. no no at one point. Now it's fine apparently. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, also to add to that, I would say the the authority angle. 
Yep. So that was that's so sorry. The Hardy Angle has been Triple H, best wrestler of all time, King of Kings. Um, <laughs> he uh, he was um, basically Kemp Kemp Power. He was painted Vince McMahon Angle a couple of years ago, and uh, he went through the whole roster saying this is how it's going to be. This is how we're going to organize it, and you know we nominate champions to go through and fight for it. So, you know, it, it, you do constantly have that dynamic where there is that push against authority or against authority figures, and depending on how you react to that, it's one of those common themes. Exactly, it is. Yeah, that like anti-authoritarian. So, so common, in fact, that when it's not there, it's different. So now it's a bit more like commissioners in wrestling were a thing, and there were just guys who came out every now and then and meant something. Now. If it already figure doesn't come out, it's kind of weird. So it's it's a trope that's been played out, really. Would you consider Jane Austen to be an influential figure in wrestling then, by that extent? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? All right. Uh, who's next there? What's your name there? John. Hi, Sean. Hey. What's, uh, John. what's your idea? John. John. Oh, John. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, go on there. How would, how would you were Dr. Hill into wrestling? Yeah. Ah, oh, we talked about this earlier on. Uh, yeah. Considering we have... Not one, not two, but three doctors and a TARDIS yeah, in the room. Back. So, <laughs> I am very interested to hear this, guys. Go on. <laughs> Ooh, so, right at the last minute, yeah. we've got a tricky one. Well done. Um, oh, man. So, like, the challenge, the, one of the challenges with this is that I haven't really seen that much Doctor Who. So okay, really now I want the wrestling boo. Three, two, one. Boo. Okay, how about this? Okay, all right. I will feed. I will feed you basically. So Doctor Who is an interdimensional time lord uh -huh. who has adventures with companions. Yeah. Right there. So that's based, that, Yeah, and then he kind of regenerates around that. Let's just take the first part of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, go for it. So he's just an interdimensional. Yeah. And he could travel anywhere. Time Lord. Time Lord. Yeah. Yes. And what does this have to do with wrestling? <laughs> or hells of a Yeah. I mean, I think, I think if you, again, it would be very much a case of like, it's just that it would be taking the. Actually, hang on a second. Didn't Chikara do a time travel? They did. That's what yeah, I told They did. Yeah. yeah. So there was a. Excuse me, there's a time traveling wrestler, is there? In no, Chikara, there is. <laughs> they did, yeah, they did uh, time travel. Well, that's they, a distinct advantage, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so look, Chikara is also the same place where there was a match between a broom and the mattress. Yes. <laughs> and a ladder and a mattress. Yeah. And the ma I think the mattress won a title. Like, are we talking no, like that was Ben Master style? Sorry, was like, how yeah. does this work? <laughs> no, like, I mean, Chikara is um, uh, is a is a small wrestling company that has uh, has made a name for itself by um, really trying, like, really uh, going. Quite hard into doing things, uh, doing sci-fi and um, uh, doing sci-fi tropes in wrestling. Um, they've had, they they had they had a heel faction of giant ants uh, take over <laughs> take over take over the company. Yeah. I can they, stop you right there. We watched the Doctor Who the other day where he fought ants. Yeah. <laughs> See? See, guys. Just, we are um, on our Sorry, you can't finish yeah. answer, sorry. But there's, I mean, for Chikara, it's kind of like a catch-all for a lot of those kind of things yeah. because they've done time, they've done time travel. They, what they did for it was they'd actually take, they'd taken a year out and filmed almost the entire year of it, and then they went back, they went back and started doing things live again, and they went, we've got to go back in time, and they just put everything. And Brian, when you know something like that, mm. Wizard did it. Yeah. <laughs> so were the ants live too? <laughs> 
I mean, there were people in ant costumes, but oh, you would say that they were ants. The suspension of disbelief is. Yeah. Well, that's another doctor's mention right there. We yeah. are running out of time, unfortunately. Who has questions or ideas? Spider-Man, you have been a big contributor to this whole evening, so I'm glad that you got a chance. We should get What's your name, name on the credits? Or do you want to keep your identity secret? I'd rather keep that secret, thank you. Uh, okay. You should put your mask back on, then. Exactly. <laughs> Go on there, Junior Avenger. What's your idea? Um, well, of course, Paul Heyman being my favorite manager in WWE at the minute. In the past, I've referenced him to Ren and Stimpy. The reason being, Randy can give kick-ass lines, although making the crowd laugh, which we've seen on Monday Night Raw when Paul Heyman came out with Brock Lesnar in the past. I was wondering, who would you reference Paul Heyman to? Ooh. Do you want to go first for that one? Yeah. Uh, I'm yes. gonna let these two guys go first. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Paul Heyman is like the evil genius of wrestling. That's what he's known as. You know, the the in the, in the shoot, right? Oh, it's starting to work. But he, it's where you want to, where, which kind of angle you want to take him as, right? So you mentioned currently, right? So I'm just gonna take him as the advocate of Brock Lesnar, mm. right? So I would, yeah, I would say he's the that kind of archetypical, you know. Are the kids here? Yes, yes, my, my okay. four-month-old. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. That's the first word you post. <laughs> Fair. So the, 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 and uh, so six-year-old as well there, yeah. Chicken-ass heel, you know, where he, he goes off and he, and he hits these, uh, you know, he cuts a promo and he's going to say whatever he wants because he knows he has Brock Lesnar has his back, right? So any, any name a character like that, you know, Loki in the Avengers, right? He's kind of, you know, talking all this garbage talk because, you know, he had the backing of, um, he always seems to have the backing of the, of the bad guys, you know, he had Thanos on his backing at one point. So yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Any kind of, he plays that stereotypical archetype of an amazing idea man who has the muscle to back it up. You made a really good point, actually, because I saw Loki come out at Comic-Con once in costume. Tom exactly, Lewis, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way he worked the crowd and hyped up in his cape with the horns, like, it was like a wrestling match. Like, yeah. did you ever and see that before Thor Ragnarok? And that's he came what, out and he's like, I have an army and all that. And that's what Brock Lesnar, that's what uh, Paul Heyman is. Paul Heyman is the ultimate hype man. Yeah. You know, I, literally, sorry, I, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but anyone who comes out, you know, for anyone who doesn't watch wrestling, and all the promos are, he's like, I am the advocate of Brock Lesnar. He is the first person you see before Brock Lesnar comes out and kills people. So, <laughs> Wait, there's, there's killing in wrestling? Well, way, not too literally. Much. way too much. Well, well, well actually, Lucha Underground, there was killing. There was killing in Lucha Underground. <laughs> and Vince McMahon was blown up one time. Yes. Um, but wait, wait, no, one time. There's no one time getting blown up. No, if happened. you get blown up one happened time, you're blown up. <laughs> not in wrestling. Or comic no. books. You always come back and forth. Um... So the one thing I was thinking of there was uh, like it can, it taking the modern version of Paul Heyman with um, uh, take the modern version of Paul Heyman with uh, Brock Lesnar. It's kind of like watching the Monstars and their monster <laughs> and their uh, their manager from um, uh, from Space Jam. And imagining if the Monstars actually played NBA and just destroyed everyone. That's better. Yeah. That's better. That's basically like. Like, Brock Lesnar is basically all the monsters just put into one body, and that's kind of who he is. Yeah. Uh, he's a frightening man. Um, and I think we, we are nearly out of time. So, before we wrap up, uh, is there anything else you guys want to show us, or will we just... There was one last... Uh, do we have time for it? We do. There, does anyone, we'll have one more. We'll fill one more. 
Okay, hold on. Who, who hasn't, uh, who, who so ha who hasn't had a go yet? Okay. Uh, over so, oh, over with, there. The, with the immaculate beard there. <laughs> it's a cool beard, Ari. Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh. Oh man, Dungeons and Dragons two, is... Two but it's not too hard though. No, it's not. Like so, like the, there's a lot of ways you can look at Dungeons and Dragons, right? But um, when it comes to the way that wrestling works, you're still inventing a character. You're still basically going, well, I want to be a certain. I want to have a certain fighting style. I, could I be a luchador where I'm all like agile, like a rogue? Could I be more of a powerhouse where you're basically. Um, uh, you're basically like a barbarian or like a, just a standard warrior or whatever. Th uh, like again, there's like technicians where you're like uh, there's technicians or uh, yeah, like the thing I would I'm say just like charismatic, like a bard. Like there's any class you can think of in D and D, you could cross that over into wrestling quite easily. With, with characters, but if you actually wanted to see a play out in real time, there was a show called there was a show called Tough Enough, and literally that was a, sh a reality show about uh, training wrestlers coming up with characters. So they were kind of setting themselves up for a career in wrestling. And yeah, as Bryn said, barbarians, strong guys, strikers, submission artists, technicians, you know, a lot of forwards. So, yeah. But it's it's too complex. We could do a whole panel on D&D &D and wrestling and all that stuff. I'm up for that. Like that proper check. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so while we fight the machine, uh, let's... Oh, is it all ready? Yeah, there we go. Okay, so what is this you're showing us, guys? So this is just like the last thing, this kind of cuts through most of what we were saying. Lovely. Wrestling is mythology. Wrestling is action. Wrestling is comic books. The only thing wrestling isn't is wrestling. So thank you for not mentioning it. <laughs> yes, thanks, guys. <laughs> Excellent. So thank you so much. Now, before we wrap up, uh, guys want to give a shout out to where you can find us we do a podcast every single week along with lots of other cool stuff uh guys if you like this and want to hear some more or even get involved guys where can they find us basically nerd to know media is where you can go so we're gonna have cards so if you guys want cards come up and get them uh, when we finish up but there's no excuse not to find us nerd to know media everything spotify Gmail, YouTube, Twitch, Carrier Pigeon. Uh, exactly. You know, Resting Carrier Pigeon. Everything. So if you, if you like what we do, you can get us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that good stuff as well. So we do a podcast every week, Nerd to No Basis, and then we do other shows. Yeah. And we don't just cover wrestling, we cover all the new the nerd news as it comes out. We've got ones on video games, on Marvel. We did a retrospective on Spider Man recently. Like, uh, what other kind of stuff do we cover? Uh, Star Wars fan theories. Yeah. Star Wars fan theories. Star Wars. Uh, I wish we had time to go into your fan theory. You're going to have to check it out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we do reference it. Because we're on every platform, if you guys want us to talk about anything or even just want to hear your voice mentioned or anything in the show or get a shout out, hit us up. We're very easy to approach. And thank you so much. Anything before we wrap up, guys? No, thanks very much for having me. Right, thank you yeah. so much. You have made this awesome.